Hello and welcome to the pioneers of the Great Awakening. My name is Epifanio, and today we have a wonderful guest, Chris Linscombe, and he is um, he is uh, um, uh, he studied biology at Columbia University, stayed in a monastery in Kentucky, and seriously considered monastic views. He became a paratrooper in the Army's 82nd Airborne Division. He's a weightlifter and fitness coach and attended naturopathic medical school in Portland, Oregon. He is now writing a book about the emerging paradigm of masculinity that embraces the polarity of the raw and primal and of deep spiritual rootedness and awareness. So he's a pioneer of this awakening that we're going through. And just a person like you and I that has been through their own journey, and now they have something that they have found in their journey, and he's joining us today. Welcome, Chris. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. It's so good to be here. So uh, tell us something about yourself that most people don't know about. <laughs> uh, well, does anybody know anything about my story at this point? <laughs> so, yeah. Um, gosh, where do we even start? Where do you Where do you want to start? At what point in my life? Um, so, here's something that that not a lot of people know. I I left medical school a year ago, and in for a variety of reasons, and we can get out into that in a little bit. But in the wake of that, I was kind of left with you know, what's next? What do I do now? Um, if I'm not going to be a doctor, I've invested so much time and so much energy into this. Um, well, I, I ended up becoming a, a truck driver. So that's what I'm doing right now. And uh, amidst all of the other life experiences, I'm, I'm adding this one to the list. For the, So for the last year, I've been driving big rigs. Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah, we need all these experiences that, you know, our light needs to travel into all directions. And now you're stepping, all, are you traveling through America? No, I actually am really fortunate. This is virtually unheard of in the truck industry. I stay in town. So I work for a local company and I'm hardly ever more than a few miles away from home. This is, uh, it, it couldn't be a, a better situation. Oh, nice. So you don't have to like, you know, be several days before coming home and all that stuff. Yeah. No, I'm home every day. I get to see my family and it's wonderful. That's basic. That's basic. So tell us where was your major fork in the road, the moment that totally like made the moment that you say, okay, this is what ended up taking you to where you are right now. Mm. Yeah, there's there's been a, a quite a number of forks in the road throughout my lifetime. And um, I, I would say there's probably three or four defining moments over the last 20 or 25 years. So I'm 40 years old now. And um, I would say I had at 18 years old, this spiritual awakening that set me on a path that has gotten to me where to where I am now, but through a lot of ups and downs and, and a lot of back, back roads and um, unconventional trails that I've gone on so uh I was 18 I'm sitting in a, a parked car in Chico California and the sun's going down over the trees and I had just gotten out of juvenile hall I'd been kicked out of my parents house it was my senior year of high school and you know <laughs> that's a whole other story but here I am out on my own figuring life out and feeling 
like I'm really missing it and I'm, I'm really messing up and I, I'm smoking a cigarette there. I've got the windows rolled down and I just start talking to God. I'm like, Hey God, I don't, I don't know if it's cool if I'm smoking and I don't even know if you're listening or if you want to hear from me, but I want to pretend that you're sitting in this car seat next to me. And I proceeded to have an hour and a half long conversation with God. And I just, <laughs> I just pulled back the veil on all of this stuff that was going on in my soul. And it was a coming home to myself in a lot of ways. I remember sitting there and feeling this electrical charge enter into my body and all around me. I had all the hairs in the back of my neck standing up and it was the only way I can describe it is really just this loving embrace of like, I got you. Welcome home. And I went back home to my apartment and I was staying with, well, I had seven roommates in this two bedroom apartment in college town in Chico. <laughs> and I, I walk in the door and one of my roommates looks at me and he goes, Chris, uh, dude, you look different. Something had fundamentally shifted inside me. So I would say that that was a huge pivotal moment for me. And um, it set me on this path of like, okay, so like I've got this, I felt this like, like everything inside me had changed. Like I, I had met like divinity, I'd met source, I'd met God in this profoundly healing way. What do I do with this? Like, where do I go? Who am I now? Like, um, and, and the rest of my adult life has been trying to kind of figure out like, who, who the fuck am I? And, and what is my role? What is my purpose in this life? But um, yeah. So do you want to get into my story now or <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. This is exactly what it is. It's its story is the story of our lives is the truth. We are here and we're living. And when we have these experiences, this is visceral, you know, it's like when we're telling these stories, it hits the heart because it's not philosophy. You've lived mm. it, you know? Yeah. So uh, as deep as you want to go, it's all good. If you, if that's all you want to talk about, just, you know, feel this is, this is uncensored. We're not going to edit anything here. So it's as soon as it, whatever's coming, it's coming. This yeah. Is it. Yeah. I love that. I love that you talk about like, it's or that you, you said it's um, it's, it's our experience, you know, because that, that is ultimately what I think like having a relationship with divinity or, or um, like, you know, real authentic spirituality is. And, um, and, you know, I, I think we can, we, we can get in these modes of thinking where we want to argue about who or what God is or, 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 you know, to, to get dogmatic about beliefs and, and systems of doctrine. And, and I'm, and I'm not anti-religion or anything like that, but that's, that's not the point. That's not the fucking point. Right. And I don't think that I ultimately don't think God is interested in religions. <laughs> and I, I think he's interested in, in being in our lives, you know? And, and so, um, yeah. I, anyways, yeah. I, I just want to say that, you know, I, I love that, that you pointed that out. It's, it's an experience and it's, and it's yeah. So um, what's the worst moment of your life that, that just when everything went downhill and you just hit the rock bottom, mm -hmm. the darkest of the darkest. Yeah. Um, so after that moment, uh, there in the park and, and feeling this newfound spiritual awareness, um, I, I didn't really have much of an outlet. So I, I spent about 10 years, honestly, like pursuing, um, 
religion, you know, and, and, um, and so I, I, I went and studied the Bible. I, I got involved in, in, in churches and in Christian ministry. And, and that was a really important part of my life for about 10 years. And then in my late twenties, um, I moved out to New York city to attend uh, Columbia university. And, and I decided that I wanted to be a doctor at that point. And I had gone 10 years, like, you know, just really religiously following like all the rules and trying to be a good boy and do all these things. And I got to New York city and it's like, man, there's no holds barred here. Like I, I can just live and like, I'm virtually anonymous. And, um, and it was a really amazing experience. And, and, and so, uh, it, I essentially just kind of launched into exploring all of my uninhibited desires for pleasure. And, and I don't think there's anything wrong with pleasure. I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with, with sex or any of those things, but um, because I had spent 10 years sort of like suppressing and repressing all of that, it was opening Pandora's box for me. Yeah. And I was uninhibited. I didn't know how to how to contain all of these desires, right? And um, long story short, I found my way to um, yeah, just <laughs> winding my way down into the depths of uh, addiction to drug addiction and alcohol addiction. And so I'm I'm going to Columbia University. I'm in this extremely rigorous uh, pre medical program. I'm doing clinical research. I'm um, you know, I'm, I'm studying for 10 to 12 hours a day. It's insane. And, and on the side, I'm like snorting cocaine, like nobody's business. And I thought, you know, I'm like, oh, I, I've got superpowers. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, um, and I was able to maintain that for a while. I was able to maintain that for, for a solid year and a half. And I, I got a decent GPA, but meanwhile, like internally, I'm just kind of like shriveling and shrinking and yeah. And, um, I remember waking up one day and I'd been on a three or four day binge of, of drinking and, and doing cocaine and, and God knows what else. And, <laughs> and just feeling like the depths of hopelessness yeah. and feeling like I'm hooked on this stuff and I can't, it doesn't feel good anymore. I just, I, I was in this dark hole and I remember thinking I would rather be dead than feel like this. I, and it wasn't like, I, I want to go hurt myself. It wasn't that it was just like, I was so miserable. I was in such a dark place that anything was better than feeling like that, in, including not being alive anymore. And um, yeah, so, so that was, that was, that was a, a really dark moment. And I, I feel like that is actually a part of our spiritual awakenings, right? Is embracing and knowing the darkness and the depths of which we are, are capable of experiencing and being able to integrate those things. And I've had a, a couple more experiences similar to that of being in, in dark holes since then, but but yeah, that's that was one of my darkest spots for sure. Excellent. Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. And you have to go there to know life so that you can have a reference point and say, well, now from here, I want to go there. But now I know what's to be there. You know, it's not like I'm yeah. suppressing and trying to be the good person. And then in the meantime, all this darkness is trying to come out. You have to live it. You have to go to the end of it. And then in that, there's a lesson. What was your lesson? What mm -hmm. did you learn at the very dark of your journey? 
Mm. It took me a few years to to get to the lessons. Of course, <laughs> <laughs> decades. Sometimes. It wasn't immediate. I I um, that darkness. I you know, um, I know what it feels like. I can remember it well, and I, I kind of lived in that half sort of like I guess as a shadow, as a shadow of a person for a few years before things began to really click and. Um, I ended up deciding not to be uh, a doctor, a physician at that time. I was um, disillusioned by the sciences and I was working in um, a large hospital doing emergency medicine research, clinical research. So every Saturday I was spending, excuse me, half the day in their trauma and emergency department and um, getting to know their their physicians, their residents, and um, realizing just how unhappy and stressed they were and being really disillusioned by the medical world and, and thinking, oh, God, I don't want this to be my life. I feel I'm already unhappy enough right now. <laughs> and um, I had I had just lost my best friend. Um, he was an Iraq war veteran. He, he died tragically in his sleep. Um, it was an overdose on pharmaceutical medication, accidental overdose on pharmaceutical medication that he was taking as prescribed. And so that kind of further turned me off to, to medicine. And um, I decided that I was going to go be a paratrooper <laughs> and I, I was going to join the army and, and partly out of a, a desire to understand um, my, my best friend, Aaron, and what he had gone through and all the PTSD that he he carried with him and all the, the nightmares that he had, it, you know, that led to ultimately his death. But like, I wanted to understand that. And then also there was this deep desire for me to like lean into what I felt like was missing in my masculinity. It was missing in my manhood. I'd spent all these years doing this really rigorous education and developing my mind, but it felt like to the neglect of other parts of who I was as a man. And I got to know Aaron, and I got to know several other um, military veterans and I was looking at them and I, I was I was thinking to myself internally and never voiced it, you have something that I want. And I thought if I go join the military and do really hard stuff and, and you know, go kill bad guys overseas, then like, then I'll, then I'll have what you have. And, and, I'll, and I'll get that missing piece of my masculinity. And so um, I'm not really answering your questions about the lessons I learned, but I'm getting this there. Is, this, is okay. this is exactly we're, we're, right. We're meandering. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so it, I, I signed up and I shipped off to infantry school and um, then I went to airborne school and, and then I went through some some other um, more intense trainings and ended up in the, the 82nd Airborne Division. And uh, it ultimately wasn't the answer I was looking for. Right? Like I, I thought, man, I'm going to go, I'm going to be hard. I'm going to be strong. I'm going to be a soldier. And I'm going to fulfill this sort of like warrior ethos. And I'm going to get in touch with that. And I'm going to have a band of brothers. And I met a lot of great guys and formed friendships. And I still have to this day. And there were some good things. And I learned a lot of hard lessons and about discipline and pushing yourself physically and mentally, all those things. But I didn't find what I was looking for. And I think going back to my time in New York City, it was the same impetus that was pushing me to search in drugs and education and partying and, and sex and all these things. It was the same, like I'm looking for something desperately. And again, it started back when I was 18 years old. 
looking for something. Who am I? That was the, the core essence. That's the question. Who am I really? And it wasn't a soldier. It wasn't a doctor. It wasn't um, as in working in ministry. Those were pieces, but it wasn't it. And so I, could, I actually, we, we went on a 30-day trading cycle. It's 2014. Um, we're, we're jumping out of planes. We're, we're blowing stuff up. We're out for 30 days um, trading somewhere in Virginia. And it's miserable. And we come back. And the first thing I do is like, all right, we're, you know, we've been working for 30 days straight. I'm going to go hang out with a friend in, in Raleigh, North Carolina. And um, I'm going to get trashed. I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to drink. We're going to party. We're going to blow up some steam and we're going to have a great time. And so I, I drive up there and um, we did, we had a great time. And I'm sitting in a parked car. It's like 10 o'clock, 1030 at night in this empty parking lot. And I'm, and I'm pissed drunk at this point. And I'm thinking Sunday night, I got to be back home um, to, to be in, in formation first thing in the morning, um, you know, in, in my unit in the army. And a, and a cop pulls up <laughs> and knocks on my door. I'm like, how you doing, officer? Uh, what are you doing here? It's late. The this place is closed, and you know you're you're sitting in a parked car. What's going on? I said, well, I'm I'm drunk. I'm just trying to sober up before I drive home. All right, step out of the vehicle. Da 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 da. I get a DUI. I spend the night in jail, and ultimately, a few months later, I get kicked out of the army for it. So here I am kind of back at square one. And I, I went and joined the army, did all this cool guy stuff, jumping out of planes and, and shooting guns and meeting my buddies and training. And I wasn't finding what I wanted. And now I'm kicked out. And so I'm not, I'm not who I thought I was. I'm still not finding the answers. And I'm, I'm living with my grandmother in Missouri and I'm, and I'm in my young thirties. And I'm, I'm just, I'm wrecked. I'm That's rich. That's really hitting your masculinity right there. Oh my God, yes. I'm like, this is anything but manly, living with your grandmother in your 30s and with no direction in life, really. And my my girlfriend and I had broken up. It was just, it was, it was awful. And so this was this was another moment of of radical change for me, right? And I, I feel like I'm hitting the darkness that really was just a continuation of years before when I was living in New York city with this cocaine addiction and I kept running and running and running. And then finally I'm here living with my grandmother in Southwest Missouri out in the country and it's quiet and I don't have friends. And, and it was like, God was saying, all right, Chris, it's time for you to come home to yourself. It's time for you to like finally realize who you are. And it was all of this, and we haven't even talked about my time living in Paris or my time living in the monastery, all those things that happened before that. But this this meandering journey that I was on and I kept running and running and searching and searching, I'm finally like just forced to, to be with myself. And I remember driving to this little country Catholic church during the week and they closed down so that the the uh, during the week they, they 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 had the church building shut and so i would go into the back door and the um the lady who worked in the office would let me in and i would go and kneel in the front pew in this empty church building before the crucifix and the altar and i would just 
you know, tell God exactly how I felt. Why the fuck have you brought me here? Why am I so sad? Why am I so angry? What the fuck are you doing in my life? And that's my relationship with God. It's just raw. It's honest. I'm like, he knows I'm thinking it. Divinity can see all of that. He lives within us. He's all around us. He's not confused. And so I'm like, I'm just going to tell you exactly how I feel. And I remember and I would just cry and I'd be on my knees and I'd be swearing in this, this church. And that was part of it. That was like a part of me coming home to myself, to really sitting with my darkness, to really sitting with my pain. And I would go back home. And when my grandma wasn't there at the house, I remember being curled up in the, in the fetal position a, a few times in, on the kitchen floor, just, just wrecked in so much pain, feeling so lost. And, and that, that, that was like the, the coming home. That was, that was the, like, you, you gotta face your demons. You gotta lay with your dragons. You have to know your darkness. You have to integrate it. You have to meet your shadow and see him for who he really is and learn to love yourself through it. And that, that was, so that is the, the long answer to your question. What was the lesson? The lesson when I was in my darkness, in my, in my uh, drug addiction in New York City, well, over those years, it was come home to yourself. You can't escape who you are. Yeah. And at some point, you just have to embrace whatever shows up and just, just hold it until it's, you know, it does what it needs to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's it. That's, that, that's the work. And, and it's like, that we have, we live in this culture where everything needs to be, you know, politically correct and painted right and bullshit here and bullshit there. And, and that's make uh, people weak because uh, we have, we have a, a, to balance ourselves. We have to bring all of this darkness to the surface. Mm -hmm. And then when we realize that it's not really darkness, but it's just unloved parts of ourselves mm -hmm. that have grown into a monster because we've been pushing them aside and say, that's not me, I'm a good person or whatever. They come up and then they, that balance the equation and now you have something to actually give that has weight, right? Then and you step into your life and it's a, diff it's a very different experience. Mm -hmm. So what keeps you up at night now? Mm. Um, well, I, I sleep really well now. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I love what you're saying though. I love what you're saying. It's not, it's not really like, Ultimately, like these are bad parts of ourselves. These are just like the rejected parts of ourselves. We've disowned them. We've stuffed them down. And the more we stuff them down, the more monstrous they feel, the darker and more powerful they feel. And it's when we can just lay with that. We go into that dark cave that we're afraid to enter, as Joseph Campbell said. And that's where we find the treasure. It's like, I don't want to go there. And then you go there and you're like, oh, this is just me. <laughs> I just need to so love true. this part of myself. Yeah. So what keeps me up at night? What is it? I, I feel like that question is like, what's your passion? Like, what? Yes. Or what uh, from what's going on in the world is really, yeah. you know, like you're contemplating what's it's a deeper layers of it. it's like, yeah. it may not keep you up at night. Cause you know, I know exactly what you mean. Like, yeah, you sleep, I sleep good now too, you know, but yeah. what kind of stuff is in your head that you're thinking, okay, the world needs this or, or mm. life or, or my community or what my family, what it keeps you up at night. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Great question. I, I, I love, um, 
so this is my this is my teenage daughter coming home from school right now. Um, is that you, Edie? You want? Uh, hey, I'm on a podcast. Come say hi real quick. <laughs> this is a little unconventional. It's okay. Yeah. Hey. This is Epifanio. Hi, <laughs> nice to meet you, Edie. You too. <laughs> <laughs> this is um, Yeah, that's that's a part of what keeps me up at night. My my real. My real life. teenage daughters yeah real life um so yeah what what drives me man like I'll, I'll tell you what the the world needs right now is strong masculine men who have have healed who who learned to sit with themselves and i'm not talking about like you know just like oh i've got all these feelings and we sit around in a circle and and jerk off to like all our feelings <laughs> i'm talking about men who have really felt their shit and are like, I am ready to step into my full empowerment as a man in both of those things. And that that really is a huge part of my journey is learning what does that mean? Who am I? What's my place in this world? My place in this world is to be a man, fully alive, right? Fully empowered, to be like fierce and tapped into like, yeah, like if need be, I can kill bad guys, but really, the place that I exist and live in is a place of peace and presence with myself. We hold both of those things. And I feel like that that's the message. That's my passion. That's what keeps me up at night is, is getting that message out to men of like, Hey man, time to come home to yourself. Time to be fully awake, time to be fully alive, time to be really strong, actually strong, not just physically. And you can lift heavy weights, but dude, how much courage does it take to actually be right here? with all your shit and all the stuff that you push down and you run from and you numb and you drink and you escape from right here and to move into the world with that. And that's, that's where I feel like that's what I try to do. That's how I try to live my life. And so that's, that's what I'm calling men to. And, and that's where um, my story has brought me to currently to write a book about this, this emerging paradigm of masculinity, the both and, Right, right, right. And, and right now it's mostly needed, you know, because there's a straight up attack at masculinity right now. They want to take down the alpha because without, uh, and without the protector, they can just, you know, uh, take down civilization, you know. And so it's like it's a, it's a very important time to call for the man that's balanced, you know, that it's not a, 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 a rapist, it's not a, an abuser, right? And it's not, a, 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 you know, a weakened, a weakling, you know, but a, that balance of, of the protector that's present, that's peaceful, that's clear, that's yeah. focused, and that gets shit done on time. And, 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 and that's what we need. That's what I, I see is, is that we desperately need to call for our brothers out there to, you know, stop fucking jacking off and, and, and get onto it. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it's, it's yeah. time. And I've, I've, I've said that to myself, you know, that, that at some point you, you, you listen to the message and you say, okay, I know what I need to do now. Just, just go do it. Cause that's what men do. They just get it done. Yeah. So what's your vision for humanity's future? Oh, big question. Yeah. If I could summarize that um, really short is a return to simplicity. A return to what, to what really matters. We look at the world today and we have all of this tech and all of this distraction 
and we have our society, we, we, think about even the way that we approach health, right? We think I got to do one more thing. I have to work out more. I have to do this thing. I have to take this supplement. I have to, you know, and, and it's just this constant, like add and add and more busy and fill our plates with more stuff. And I think it's about just let's clear it off. Let's return to simplicity to the way that we were intended to live as men and women, right? Connected, connected to each other, to our families, connected, like developing, cultivating our spiritual lives together, um, growing our own food, being connected to our food sources. I think it's it's getting away from the paradigm in, in which we are outsourcing all of our thinking and our feeling and our learning and our eating to other people, to experts and authorities. And it's a return back to the simplicity of connection and the simplicity of like, I can do things for myself in community and I can bring that, you know? So, 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 so we're not dependent on the, the food supply chain because we're growing our food in our backyard or we're connected to farmers and, and we're not dependent on this, this medical healthcare system because we're committed to being healthy ourselves, to moving our bodies and, and being less stressed. So, so yeah, that's my vision is return to simplicity. Absolutely. Absolutely. We have so much complexity in this reality, useless procedures and loops, loopholes and, and bureaucracy and, and just absolute useless bullshit. So what are you doing right now to contribute to this vision? Mm. <laughs> uh, we have chickens. <laughs> we have hens. We're we're new chicken owners. <laughs> uh, no, that that's one of a few things. Um, you know, to really like, I think um, I, I think that we find our our purpose and our mission and in our greatest bits of contribution um, when we learn how to be well. Right. So it's 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 less about like um, the externals of what am I doing and all of those actions. And it's more of just like I am being and everything else flows out of that. So. I spend time with my family. You know, I, I have two teenage girls that I love to spend time with and, and my wife and and I write notes from and um little love notes and i just we we try to spend time together we we eat food together and um and then we have hens that we have eggs in the backyard and um and i every day i, I wake up and i do my qigong and my yoga and my meditation and breath work because i need to stay connected to myself and and out of that is just flowing community and connection and love and i'm coming from a place of peace and wholeness that is, the, I think, the greatest work that all of us can do because everything is going to flow out of that place. If internal is right, then the externals are going to align with that. You know, so we have a local uh, creamery and we get our raw milk from the local creamery and we support them. And um, 
we we connect with some of our friends and community and and I, and I work for a local company and and I you know we, we give some money to 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 be generous and, and to like share what we have we we give some money to to causes that we believe in and um you know and I'm writing right now and I'm sharing my writings because I have a message and and I feel like words are medicine you know so yeah everything's fine I, that's that's what I'm doing I'm I'm here I'm right here and everything's coming out of that Beautiful, beautiful. Tell us a little bit about your book that you're writing. Mm. Yeah. Well, man, the book writing process is interesting. <laughs> <laughs> And especially with the book that I'm writing, which is about this new paradigm of masculinity. It's, it's, it is connecting with the raw and the primal and the ferocious and the deep rootedness right it's christ consciousness and it's the peace of lao tzu and the buddha but with an ability to access um brutality if necessary to 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 to, to embrace that warrior ethos that i defend my family out of love out of, out of a place of of heart connection to the heart You know, but it's not it's not brutality and violence for the sake of the self and ego. It's to protect. Um, yeah, so it's it's those things. And that that's what the book is about is like, what does that mean? What does that look like in fleshing that out through the story of, of my own life? And it's very vulnerable because my story has been full of failure and full of mistake. It has not been linear. And I have I have been the villain in people's stories in the past. I've hurt people. And so, but I want to share that because it's real and it's honest. And I wasn't born with, you know, I wasn't born as like this whole healthy man. I've had to work that out over my my 40 years of my life. And I'm still working it out. Like it's 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 once you jump off that cliff pursuing your highest self, there's no bottom. It's a free fall. It's forever. You start climbing that summit, you never reach the top, you know? Um, and so it's not like I'm arrived and everyone needs to be like me and look to me as an example. I'm like, no, I'm just sharing like a part of my story and the lessons that I've learned along the way. And I'm, and I'm casting a vision for how other men can connect with that in their own unique ways. So yeah, I started writing, um, early this year, formally. And I'll tell you what it, it has. I thought, well, I've got so much to say. I'm going to, I'm going to sit down and I'll just do uh, you know, a couple hours every other day and we'll get this book done in a few months. And, and I started writing and, and man, I'll tell you what, it was like, it was like spirit said, okay, Chris, you're going to start talking about this. We're going to test you on every single thing you're saying. And so there's been along the way, it's been like, all right, are you serious? Are you writing from integrity? Are you writing from a place of alignment? Are you telling the truth? Are, is this real? You know, and that's been the check over and over. And I write about a topic in relationships and, and, and then my wife and I have to walk through like some misalignment in our relationship. And how are we going to work that out? How am I going to show up for her in that, in that way? And so, yeah, it's, it's been a process. And, and, um, and I feel like <laughs> you hear my dogs in the background. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's, that's, so I'm, I'm writing this book and I'm, and I'm writing really with the heart to 
um, speak from a place of integrity and honesty and um, and also just cast a vision for this this paradigm of masculinity that seems to be emerging. I feel like I'm I'm tapping into a stream that is already moving in the world and and people are talking about these things with the divine masculine and the divine feminine completely apart from what I'm saying. This is an emerging conversation that's happening and it's really beautiful. And so I'm just writing from my perspective of that. Like, here's the vision. Here's how I see that. Beautiful. Yeah, that's exactly what's happening. So what do you think we can do to inspire unity among the different groups of the awakening movement? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when you say the different groups of the awakening movement, what, um, who do you, who are you referring to? Everything. Awakening <laughs> at a physical level, metaphysical, spiritual, religious, political, whatever you want to tap into. Like yeah. Man and, and woman, masculinity, like anything and everything you want to talk about that, that you, you know, because mm -hmm. awakening is in all levels. It's happening everywhere. It is. It is. Different layers and to higher or lesser degree, but it's, it's hitting everybody. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there, there really is, has been an energetic shift in, in recent years and um, it's palpable. It's potent. Here's something that, that I see happening um, within, you know, certain factions of, of the awakening or, you know, certain freedom movements, the health freedom movement or things of that nature. So the old paradigm uh, was to sort of walk through live life like outsourcing our thinking and our feeling just trust in systems you just you just trust in the experts and authorities you trust in the system you you trust in your religion you trust in whatever your doctor um and uh so the old paradigm was outsourcing a lot of of that and what i see happening sometimes is that tendency to outsource is continuing on within um, groups of, of folks who are awakening. And, and so what I want to say is we don't need to continue that paradigm. What we need to do is to tap into our deep knowing, our own intuition. We need to feel our things for ourselves. We need to think critically. But, but really, it's, it's about the, that deep intuition. We don't, we don't need to defer all of that to experts and authorities. We ultimately are the experts and authorities. We make decisions for our children, for our communities. We make decisions for ourselves. We think for ourselves, we feel for ourselves. And so in, instead of shifting like the heroes of the old paradigm to the heroes of the new paradigm, and I'm just gonna follow whatever they say, don't do that. Be right here, come home to yourself. Get in touch with your intuition and, and cultivate that. You can trust yourself. You can trust. God speaks to us internally. God speaks to us in our hearts and our souls. Listen, cultivate the ear to hear that. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's exactly, that's the way. Go ahead. Yeah. One, and the other, another thing that I would add to that is that um, we don't need to tiptoe around each other. So, as we, as we tap into our own deep knowing and our own intuition and learn to think and feel for ourselves, we don't need to walk on eggshells around each other. 
I think the we need to grow our capacity to hold space for nuance and for complexity, right? So it doesn't need to be a black and white thing. I'm right, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. This is how I understand God and therefore the way you understand God and relate to, to him or her is wrong. No. Mm-hmm. We need to hold space for complexity. Everybody is different. Everybody's living their own story and they're at different places. And, and so we don't, we don't need to be um, uh, so cautious of offending, of, of hurting people's feelings or stepping on their toes. Speak with love, speak truth with love, be conscious, be aware, but speak your truth or speak truth, like capital T, speak truth and let it fall where it may. You know, this woke approach of I'm going to offend people. If I say it, fucking offend people. <laughs> Do it. The, the, that's a gift. If you're speaking truth, capital T, and you are moving from your center, from a place of love, and you are tapped into your intuition, and you step on someone's toes, let it be. Let them deal with that. That's their work. Your work isn't to protect people from their feelings. Their work is to, to acknowledge and integrate their feelings and to understand what those are about. Your work is to just be and to speak. So that's what I would say is don't outsource and then hold place for complexity and nuance without the fear of offending people. Just live, live freely, be fully yourself. And if it offends people, fucking good. It's maturity to be able to have a conversation where you even have different opinions, mm. but you understand that you're made out of the same flesh and breathe the same ear and share thoughts. That I think that's where we are right now. We are at, uh, at, at an init- initiation, a test in humanity so that we stop being, uh, stop playing with the toys of control and stupidity mm. and start thinking for ourselves and take responsibility for our lives. And, 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 you know, in order to move to the next reality, we have to just hold our ground and speak our truth and have an open heart at the same time, because that yeah. changes everything. You know, if you stand your ground and speak your truth with a closed heart, it's like a spear piercing everything. But if you stand your ground with an open heart and speak your truth, you're yeah. pretty much opening your, your house and saying, yes. We're going to sit on the table and we're going to talk like grown-ups and we're going to address shit and nobody's going to get like, oh my God, you didn't set your pronouns and yeah. shit like that. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and really grow up because when you realize that's, you know, the subversion that's happening right now, trying to uh, shame people to put them in boxes so they can yeah. be controlled and manipulated right. and exported, right? And so this is this is our this is this is the this is the the time to really be have that conversation with God one on one and navigate your own timeline. Mm-hmm. And if it means mm-hmm. you know losing everything, you're like fuck it, you know you this your connection to God, your family, it's first. And then little by little, your people is going to start show up and, and you're going to be able to, you know, at some point you're going to have to talk with other people in different tribes, but there's, it's, it's, it's not going to be like walking on eggshells because right. people hold themselves, right? Yeah, yeah. It's so true. And, and the more aligned you are, the more in, in integrity that you are, the more you're going to call in the right people into your life. 
Right. You know, we, we have, we're, we're living in these like uh, invisible cages right now. Not all of us, but society in general is they're living in these invisible cages, like trying to be politically correct and not offend anybody. And like, I don't know how I'd fit. And, and, and they're not in alignment with their core values and who they truly are. And, and so they're, they're not finding their people. They're just kind of moving through life. Like, I hope people accept me and like me. And it's like, you're already half alive. You're only half alive when you do that. Really like live in integrity, speak truth, be, be in touch with your core values and, and live that out to the best of your ability. And as you do, your tribe will, 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 will find you or you'll find your tribe. You're gonna call that in. You're gonna call in the right experiences and the right people. And, and that is medicine. I mean, really, like when, when you're living in alignment, that, that is medicine to the world. And, and when you're not, like you're robbing the world of so many of your personal unique gifts. Like we all have very special gifts to give to the world in this lifetime. We are here for a reason. We are here on this timeline for a reason. We came and touched down on this globe or this earth for a reason and you know, if we're not in alignment, we're, we're robbing everybody of that. So yeah, bring your, bring your medicine, but you're not going to bring your medicine if you're tiptoeing. You, you got to exert your weight a little bit. You got to take up some space, take some space and move from the heart. Yeah, I love that. It's absolutely correct. Just, you know, open hearted. Got it. And how, how scary is that? How scary is that to be, to approach life with just an open heart? We, you know, we've been trained to be assholes, you know, I mean, yeah, like, yes, protective, fighting with everything, you know, it's like, I don't want to get hurt. <laughs> you know? That's just the nature of life, you know, I know. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's the reality, unfortunately, is like, you're gonna, you're gonna take some arrows in this lifetime. You might as well take them for the right reasons. Right. So what's your favorite quote? My favorite quote. Oh my God, you can't put me on the spot with that. <laughs> Holy shit. Whatever it comes up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just I was just reading that Joseph Campbell quote, um, the cave you fear to enter holds the treasure that you seek. And um, I, I love that. There's there's other quotes that that capture that idea um, just as beautifully, but um, that right now feels very in line with what is um, happening in my life. And, and that is learning to recognize the ways in which I have suppressed and disowned parts of myself, my shadow and locked them away in a dark cave. And, and how do I, those, those places that I'm afraid to go to, how do I, how do I go into those places and integrate that? Um, so the, the cave you fear to enter holds the treasure you seek. There's, there's a lot of gold to be found in, in integrating those dark parts. Absolutely, absolutely. So, where can people find you, uh, Chris? Uh, mm -hmm. You know what, what, what you have going on, and, and we'll have all these links and everything on the page for you to find Chris and learn yeah. more about him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right now, um, it's best to find me on Instagram, and my Instagram handle is just the dot Chris dot Linscom. have that one written. Yeah. Yeah, so um, you can post that and have it written out. But 
that there, there will be um, a, a website coming and, you know, all those things are in the works. But for now, that's the best place to keep in touch with me. And I, I post a lot of content pretty consistently there. Um, and you can, of course, if you have any questions, message me. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to, to have conversation and, and meet anybody. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you so much, Chris, for uh, sharing this time with us and with everybody and sharing, opening your heart and sharing your story. And we need more pioneers uh, of the Great Awakening like you and people standing up to their truth and their gift and, and bringing that to the world. And thank you so much for joining us today. You got anything else you want to share? Uh, no, I, we, we covered. I mean, we could continue talking for a long time. There's so much to say, but no, it's, it's been really wonderful to be here. And I, I really appreciate um, what you're doing too. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, if you're going through your dark night of the soul, you want to go to Jorn.tv. That's J-O-U-R-N.tv. That's the homepage of the podcast. We also do the Planet Homemaking podcast every day. This is a study of the Jinkies, and you can learn more about that there. And we have the Pioneers of the Great Awakening right there at the very bottom of Jorn.tv. You'll see the link, and you'll find this also common video. And if you're going through your dark night of the soul, click on the support button at the very bottom of Jorn.tv. We have a very specific coaching program where we help people get through this one by opening your heart and allow the love to get into the world because the people, the reason why people say that love hurts is because they're clinging to it. And the nature of love is to give. It needs to pass through you. It needs to reach the world. You've touched something divine and now it's your turn to give it. We have a very specific coaching program we help people get through that so it doesn't have to take 20 years to get through the dark night of the soul thank you thank you so much for listening i'm your host epifanio this is the pioneers of the great awakening and i'll see you next time on one of these thank you so much bye-bye